Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Fact, Fiction, or Bullshit. Or for all my new listeners out there, the FFB podcast for short. Hi, my name is PJ, and every episode we will delve into the unknown to look at history, the facts, the theories, and conspiracies, then ultimately decide fact, fiction, or bullshit. Have you noticed lately how we're being drip-fed more and more occasions of people encountering UFOs? From the orb-shaped craft going over Mosul in Iraq, to the Tic Tac. But these are all high-profile articles. So I was surprised to learn about the one I'm about to talk about today because I'd never heard of it before. For me, this not only features a UFO, but also the military. A battle of some sort, and a visit from the notorious MIB. And all might I add in a sleepy little village just outside Cardiff in Wales. It's the fact that I've never heard of this before. The fact that the information was hard to come by. And that made me want to do this podcast even more. For me, the secrecy and lies just meant I had to do it. If you don't know already, I'll be talking about the infamous Pentridge incident, where I'll be asking, did people really witness a real-life UFO? Did the military really shoot it out of the sky? And did they cover something up they did not want us to know about? Join me on this journey down that rabbit hole. Penrich is a small town just outside Cardiff in Wales, and in February of 2016, something remarkable happened. Not only did a battle take place, but apparently a UFO was shot down. It was 2am February 26 when the events started to unfold. The town was awoken by the sound of helicopters and low-flying aeroplanes. To go with the sounds was also several bright lights illuminating the night sky. Many people complained and voiced their frustration on social media. People were saying that the noise was coming from several police helicopters and that one had even landed in a field nearby. It was not just on social media that people were complaining on. People were scared. Some even phoned the police themselves. One call reported that a helicopter was flying real low. He stated it was a big double-engine helicopter. I'm pretty sure, ladies and gentlemen, people, that police don't have Chinooks in their arsenal. Along with this, there was also reports of loud bangs in the area. As more and more people ventured from their homes to see what was going on, it was clear to see that there were more than just helicopters outside too. Many reported seeing multiple military vehicles on the ground as well. The following morning, media outlets were informing everyone that the disturbance had actually been a military drill. A military drill involving both the Army and the Air Force, and they called it Operation Chameleon, and that nothing untoward had happened. You know me, ladies, gents and people, I had to check this out. And it turns out, it's a real thing. It's run biannually, and it provides the Special Forces units from the UK Army, Navy and Royal Air Force to all train together. However, some people were not convinced of this alleged story. This story put forward by the local media. In particular, was Kaz Clark. She stated that she had witnessed a pyramid-shaped object moving overhead. First, it had red lights, and then they changed to green. She claimed that this was no exercise, and that she had seen everything. And that pyramid-shaped object was not a military vehicle, but indeed a UFO. What's more interesting 
is that Clark claimed that the military knew this was coming. She had stated that she had seen a spotter plane in the area for over two days. The planes were alternating so that the area was constantly being monitored. So sure that something was going to go down, she decided to camp out for the night and that's where she witnessed that pyramid shaped object. She said and I quote, it came through a black veil into our world. She continued by saying it fired a bright green light into the sky and it looked like it was about to land. It was then that three military helicopters passed overhead. They were being followed by two smaller craft and they were almost like barrel in, in, in size and shape. The size of a small car, but these were not like the helicopters. These were running silently. Could these have been other UFOs? Could these have been weapons of a sort? Back engineered specifically for events like this. The list goes on and on. And like I did researching this podcast, I quite easily lost myself down that rabbit hole. As the objects start to move off, Clark decides to make her way home. And it's at this point, she hears a huge explosion. Not only did this shake everyone's houses, but woke almost everyone in the small town up. Interestingly, the British geological data confirmed a seismological anomaly in the area at the time Clark said the incident took place. Clark then posted what she'd seen online, and even posted to the media outlet Wales Online. And you guessed it ladies and gentlemen people, she was contacted by a mystery person wanting to know who she'd spoken to about what she'd seen and how. You know, whether it was online, phone calls, messages. And for some strange reason, Clark done something that I don't think I would have done. She agreed to meet said person in person to discuss the incident further. She crazy or what? According to Clark's recollection of the meeting, she was asked bluntly if she was ever worried what might happen to her or her family. She was even threatened with being involved in a fatal car accident. Clark said that this person, rather than having an interest in the case, she believed that they were directly involved in it. Like I said earlier, trying to find evidence out there was a little difficult. And if you ladies and gents and people out there are like me, you must be asking, it's 2016, why no photos or videos? Clark was also asked this question. She claimed that she and her friend tried, but as soon as they took their phones out, they found them both dead. She stated that she didn't know if this had something to do with the UFO or a military plane locking everyone's phone in the vicinity. You know me, ladies and gentlemen, people, that's one thing I'm going to look into. And the E3 Sentry plane can do this. I don't know if that was the plane spotted in the area over the last two days, but if it was, then that is highly plausible. Clark went on to add that these things are real. Our military know that they're real, and our military are actively pursuing and shooting these things down. It's about now that I started to think I need more witnesses. I can't just go on with her testimony alone, and that with no pictures or videos. Then Mike Henry came forward and gave his version of the events, 
and they're pretty much like for like the same as Clark's. But it did not stop there. Even a local hospital had heard the loud explosion and one of the people who worked there stated that it had woken all their patients up. This for me is where the story takes another twist. They went looking in Smilog Forest the very next day to see if they could find anything that had been shot down in the wood. It's when they got there that they discovered something out of the ordinary had taken place. 60 foot trees had been snapped in half mid trunk and these went on for as far as the eye could see. All the trees had strange white burn marks on them together matched with a very pungent smell. I knew that this one would take me down that rabbit hole. In the following weeks, a team of apparent field researchers set up a temporary camp by the crash site, using strange equipment and doing a fingertip search of the area. Whatever happened here, ladies, gents and people, these were some serious people, probably sent from either one government agency or various. It wasn't just Kaz Clark looking into this either. There was then an investigation made by Gary Jones. He made a Freedom of Information request on the 23rd of February 2018. He stated that he required information on the events of the 25th and 26th of February 2016, when the military were conducting an operation named Chameleon. He also stated that locals had told him that the forest was shut down and blocked off. No entry, no exits. He went to the council to ask why the forest was shut off. A month later, he got his response. It said that the military was given no permission to close the woods and let off explosives. That if this sort of thing or event was to take place, then permission would be required. This for me is where it takes it onto a new level. Why are the military lying? What are they hiding? It was also worth mentioning as well, ladies, gents and people, that Gary also went directly to the military themselves. And he was asking about everything, including this pyramid-shaped craft. Every person he spoke to was telling him a different story. Eventually, they sent him some paperwork, stating that this information fell into Section 26 category. In essence, it's classified. Now, on to my conclusion. What really happened in Pentridge that night? Was it really an outer world experience that our military was not taking no chances on? Or was it a secret military test on a top secret aircraft that went wrong and crashed into the forest? First up though for me ladies and gentlemen people, was it a UFO? Fact, fiction or bullshit? I'm going to call fact. And I'm calling fact, it's not, it's because when I use the term UFO, it does not necessarily mean an alien craft. In my mind, I think that it's secret military tech that no one is meant to know about, and just something went wrong. The explosion, I feel, could have been when it crashed into the forest. However, I want to add this. Just because it's ours, does not mean it is not an alien craft in origin. With anything you back engineer, you need to test it. And I just got a feeling we fucked it up. And if you look at military aircraft that crash in the real world, the military clean that shit up and thoroughly. So it also makes sense that they would send a field team there to do a fingertip search of the area 
this is just normal procedure. I would love to believe that this was aliens, I really would. I just think it was a secret aircraft. The military cleanup was instant. The contact to Kaz Clark would be like what the military would do. We've all seen this before from other cases. One question that still remains in my mind though, ladies, gents and people. What were them barrel things following the helicopters? For that, I don't know and I have no explanation. As for the Freedom of Information Act, the military can dump anything into classified that they don't want you to know. So applying for that really was pointless. What also tips this in favour is just a pure lack of Army, Navy and Air Force giving nothing back. They know what went on that night, they just don't want to share. If it was a crash, why not just say a military jet has crashed and that probably would have kept all the suspense at bay. And for me, that's what put this incident up there with the big boys like Roswell, the Tic Tac and David Fravor incident. Something did go on that night. Sadly, I don't think we're ever going to find out. Back to my normal ones, ladies, gents and people, back to the UFOs. Last few weeks, the, the horror ones have been getting to me, I can't lie. Just want to say thank you for carrying on listening to me. It means a lot. I say this every time. I'm getting more and more listeners and it's pushing me to do more and more episodes and to do better episodes as well. I always say this as well. Thank you for the love. If you like the podcast, share the podcast. There are people you know that like this sort of thing. Please get them to listen to me. Get them to subscribe to my channel on Spotify. That would also be great as well. Ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves and each other. Until next time.